You know, if you don't speak to your children about the difficult topics of life, they're not necessarily going to come to you. Mm. Their friends are speaking about it. They're hearing about it on YouTube, on social media. All the platforms are speaking about the, the difficult topics that we as parents sometimes hesitate or fear to tread. And I would yeah. say to you that today, if you're listening to this broadcast, that this would give you encouragement. We would fuel you with courage to speak to your children and say, tell me about the gender movement in your school, the LGBTQ+. What does that mean to you? Do you understand what those terms mean? You're listening to Focus on the Family, and that was our guest on the program today, Mandy Hart, encouraging us as parents to engage in conversation with and ask questions of our kids around some pretty difficult topics. I'm Alison Schnell, and your host is Focus CEO, Graham Schnell. Alison, you're right that the program today and tomorrow is going to address some difficult topics, but they are very real and they are relevant to today and incredibly important for us as parents to be speaking into. We are powerful influencers in the lives of our kids, even though we're competing with a lot of other influencers. And when we can build relationship with our kids, they want to hear from us and then we have an opportunity to guide them. But it means we've got to be prepared. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to speak to Mandy Hart. She's a great friend of Focus on the Family. We've done events together. And then more recently, we partnered on publishing the book that'll form the basis of your discussion. It's called Parenting World Changes, Raising Secure Kids in a Complex World. Let's go now to that conversation with Mandy Hart. In one sense, as it says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. But in another sense, we're faced with a world that looks very different today than it looked 50 years ago or even 10 years ago, or for that matter, two years ago. And our hearts at Focus on the Family, one of our main goals is to give parents biblical strategies and tools to help them raise their kids. And it's not just about getting them through school with reasonable grades and no major scars. We want them to have a foundation of faith. We want them to have a relationship with Jesus, to be used by him, to be salt and light. But it's not easy, and our kids are up against challenges that we didn't face when we were their age. And so how do we parent them and help them thrive in such a complex world? Well, our guest today has written a book that I think does a phenomenal job in helping us with that task. The book is called Parenting World Changes. Raising Secure Kids in a Complex World. And the author, our guest, is Mandy Hart. Mandy is a speaker and author with over 20 years involvement in family ministry. She's a counselor and coach and workshop facilitator. She's often on radio. She's also a wife and mom of two teens slash young adults. So welcome back to Focus, Mandy. Thank you, Graham. It's good to be with you again. (laughs) Well, the timing of this book, I think, is God inspired. I I know that you were working on this for a number of years, but it was in early 2020 that you felt that the time was right. And we were working on this together because this is a a focused published title. And we were in full swing when suddenly COVID and lockdown. Um, And in some ways it made it harder, but it also seemed so timely because we launched this book that I think speaks to so much of the times that we're in, right in the middle of this pandemic. Yeah, Graham, I think so. That book is something that's been in my heart for a couple of years. I remember thinking about the world and heart was shaking. I'd been traveling around doing missions work and I remember seeing families at risk 
Wow, my heart, my heart just broke. And then I started to think about how the online environment was affecting my children, how the gender issue was growing in momentum. Mm-hmm. I remember traveling to Ireland and seeing the these flags up and thinking, wow, this hasn't really hit South Africa yet. And, <laughs> yeah. and just reeling. And then I started to do some research. And a year or two la- later, I kind of thought, okay, now's the time. Let's get it going. And that's mm-hmm. when you and I started that partnership with getting this book out with Focus. And I agree with you, it is so time. More and more, I believe South Africa parents and South Africa, the country, needs to hear the messages that's in this book. Yeah. And I think parents are really desperate to hear the topics that you cover because it's taken us all, I think, by surprise. We used to maybe see it in other countries like you're experiencing, uh, but now it's hit us and we're reeling in some way. Yeah, I think so. What I'm realizing is many parents put their heads in the sand and they say, oh, I don't need to deal with this just because I don't know how to deal with it and it's scary. And so topics around gender, anxiety and depression, Mm. um, online addiction, all these things are very real. Not all of them are so intense. You know, we're dealing with the environment and how the world is also needing care and love and how as believers we need to address that. So in the book we address many other topics. But I do think parents need to be skilled up and educated so that they can keep the connection with their children, raise them to be secure kids and children and grow into young adults who can change the world for good. Fantastic. And I think that is a a great way to to launch into some of these topics because as we were even speaking earlier off air, that we're not wanting to raise these topics as a big alarm to cause fear in people's hearts. The, The main thing is to give parents some tools, some strategies to build connection with their kids. And in that, they're able to conquer uh, a lot of the challenges that Mm. they're facing. But you hit on some of those difficult topics, even as you gave the introduction there. I had the privilege of traveling with you and presenting uh, these events around the country on Parenting World Changes. And, And as you spoke on these topics, I watched the parents in the room and and the one particular topic, it almost seemed like there was a greater silence as parents leaned in to hear what were you going to say? And that was on the topic of gender, um, because uh, we live in this world where gender has a different understanding from what it was 20 years ago. And it's become this thing of fluidity uh, in our lifetime. And h- how do you encourage parents to navigate this topic in this world where gender is now so fluid? Oh, Graham, it's such a complex topic. One of the things I want to encourage parents is to understand the world your children are growing up in. You can't, as you rightly said, you can't say that things are the same as to what they were like 20 years ago or even five years ago. The world is a different place and we have to accept that. I think as parents, we have to start to understand what some of the definitions mean because sex and gender the words themselves have different meanings now to what they did even five, ten years ago. And so as parents, I really believe we need to equip ourselves. We need to understand what does sex and gender mean? What is gender queer? What is binary? What is cisgender? What is intersex? What is pansexual? All these words sound very scary. And as you said, you know, we don't want parents to be afraid, yeah. but leaning into the love and wisdom that God gives them, they can parent their children through these tumultuous times. It really is um, uncertain territory for parents, for educators, even for our children. We know that junior school children are being faced with the gender topic at a younger and younger age when they're not even emotionally necessarily ready to deal with it. Yeah. Well, I was amazed uh, at that coming home from traveling on mm-hmm. this tour of events and just asking the question of my 
daughter who's in grade seven, so not even in high school yet. And quite honestly thinking she might not even know what I was talking about. Uh, and uh, she spoke about in, a, in her Christian school, uh, two girls that were, I don't know if they were identifying as lesbian, but there was certainly some confusion uh, and a lot of other kids that were kind of supporting this LGBTQ plus movement. Uh, so it shocked me. Uh, and I'm the CEO of Focus on the Family. I've been on this tour <laughs> talking about it and I still needed the, the encouragement to have that conversation. And that's a lot of what you're speaking about. It's not to be so scared either that we live in fear or that we bury our heads in the sand, but that we're prompted to, to asking questions and to just checking in with where our kids are at. Mm, because, you know, if you don't speak to your children about the difficult topics of life, they're not necessarily going to come to you. Mm. Their, their friends are speaking about it. They're hearing about it on YouTube, on social media. All the platforms are speaking about the, the difficult topics that we as parents sometimes hesitate or fear to tread. And I would mm. say to you that today, if you're listening to this broadcast, that this would give you encouragement. We would fuel you with courage to speak to your children and say, tell me about the gender movement in your school, the LGBTQ+, what does that mean to you? Do you yeah. understand what those terms mean? And I just thought by way of explanation, you know, when I ask many adults, do you know what LGBTQIA+, stand for? Many people stare at me with a blank face and go, oh, I can guess one or two of them. <laughs> so I thought just to mention, what does that acronym stand for? Because we throw it out here, yeah. you know, and, and people don't even know what it means. So it stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, queer, intersex, asexual, pansexual, and allies. Now, and then they have a plus because it's a, it, the the words are, and the definitions are ever growing. So there's over a hundred different uh, words or definitions of what you can be on the spectrum. And mm. it's quite confusing for our teens because the role models and the influences in um, music, in movies, are telling them different stories. For example, uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son, modeling Louis Vuitton woman's underwear. Mm. And so they're looking at that and their brains are probably trying to figure it out. And then they're starting to feel, oh, I, I like my friend who's a girlfriend. Let's say a girl likes a girl as a friendship, but maybe she feels something more and suddenly she thinks, oh, I need to explore that. Mm. Meanwhile, it's just, you know, she just really likes her friend. And so because we media and everywhere is kind of teaching our children that their urges and their thoughts and their feelings are valid and need to be explored and they need to go with what their heart says, it often contradicts a biblical worldview mm. and saying that, yes, you need to feel your emotions. Yes, you need to, you know, experience these things like in terms of what your emotions are feeling, but we mustn't be led by emotions. We don't make major life decisions yeah. based on our feelings because we know our feelings are fickle. If I drink a bottle of Coca-Cola and eat a chocolate, I'll have lots of a sugar rush and high <laughs> energy and I feel like I can conquer the world. But then, you know, if I make decisions based on that, just what I'm feeling, it would be very different to when I kind of come down from that sugar rush and suddenly I feel quite down because my sugar levels have dropped. And so, you know, we need to train our children to realize what is the truth of the matter? What is the biblical worldview and how can they understand it? And then we engage with them through asking them good questions. Because many members of the Gen Z generation, we'll speak about generations I know in time to come, but your children are probably from the Gen Z generation. They few view gender as something on a spectrum. Yeah. And what shocked me when I was doing research for Parenting World Changes and for our tour was that the Generation X, so it's the kind of, I'll give my age away here, <laughs> but I was born in mid-70s. Our generation is termed Generation X, and almost 90% of our generation 
view themselves as heterosexual, contrasting that to the Generation Z, which views themselves as um, about 60% only identify as being heterosexual. So we sure. can see there's a whole change in their mm-hmm. thinking. And chatting with my 20-year-old son the other day, he said to me, well, mom, you know, amongst the 15-year-olds, it's very, very popular and very trendy to be queer. Sure. It's very, it's very trendy, just as it was to be vegan a few <laughs> years ago with my daughter in her, when she's 18. And when she was 15, most of her friends wanted to be vegan. Yeah. And so, you know, these kids are, or teens are feeling things and yeah. we need to be able to have that relationship with our children that we can talk to them yeah. about it. But you're encouraging us not, not to change our worldview, but to just have a greater understanding. So although the definitions might have changed uh, or been added, um, our definition and our worldview doesn't need to change, but we need to understand what's being what's being spoken out there so that we can engage more effectively. Mm. Um, and I guess it's and then having those conversations with our kids so that we can be sharing our values and that they can understand where, where we come from, as well as for us to understand what's going on around them. Mm. And, and I guess to guide them through these challenges that they're facing, whether it be internally in their mm-hmm. own selves or whether it be with their friends that might be exploring in, yeah. in various ways. Yeah, it's time for frank conversations, Graham. Mm. It's time for us to understand that God's word remains true, is valid and is relevant. And yeah. we can apply his word in our lives if we choose to follow Jesus and we're saying, God, we're following your ways. His word is our guideline. And mm. so when we speak to our children about gender, we have to come under that worldview of saying, okay, it's a biblical worldview. This is what God says. I know the conversation is way more complex because there's a whole bunch of exceptions and challenges. And, you know, if your children aren't figuring out, you know, their gender and sexual identity, they're not battling with it. Probably one of their friends is. Mm -hmm. And so as parents, we need to read the word of God, say, God, give me insight, Mm -hmm. give me understanding, show me what is your view about it. How could I lean into love and not compromise holiness and purity? How could I embrace my children and their friends and allow those conversations to happen in our home in a safe place where they know, you know, mom and dad are for me, they love me, but I can count on them to guide me in the truth even when it's uncomfortable. And these conversations are not simple and not easy conversations. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other issues you deal with in your book is the, the issue of mental health, which is another one I think that has absolutely skyrocketed even just in recent months. Um, and part of this comes from your own journey of wrestling with fear and anxiety. And you had an experience of a, a home invasion that rocked you, home invasion that rocked you. But I think that God's used that experience for you to learn something in that journey, but also that's helped you to share this with parents that are, are battling possibly with their own anxiety, but also with how do they help their kids that may be dealing with anxiety. Uh, but h- how do we encourage parents Uh, in this aspect of mental health, in this aspect of kids that are facing maybe a much higher degree of anxiety Mm. than we understood when we were young. Graham, I think it's much harder being a child than ever before. It's much harder being a parent than ever before. I know the mental health fallout from COVID is something that we're going to experience for years to come. Just recently in our community, I live in Stellenbosch, a teenage girl took her life. She actually overdosed a matric girl. And as I was talking to some other parents of teens and some teens around, they're saying the mental health, the anxiety and the depression amongst teens and preteens 
is only increasing. I think there's a lot of causes for it. You know, mm. social media, I, I really think influences our mm. mental health. I know for myself, it, often if I look at something and I'm not guarding my thoughts, you know, you can kind of feel it's but uncertain when you look at certain things yeah. on social media. And so the anxiety and depression definitely is on the increase. Again, as parents, we need to allow our children to have a safe space to speak out as to what they're feeling. And I think we have to take some pressure off our children. They're facing a tremendous amount of pressure. And so when we take pressure off them, we affirm them, we love them, we accept them. We create a place where they could talk about what they're feeling and, and, and experiencing. And then we could say, okay, well, what do you need from me now? How can I guide you? And if your child is exhibiting anxiety and depression symptoms, uh, as parents, I think we have to be a study of our kids. We need to know, okay, my child is behaving this way. Suddenly she's acting really differently or he's was always very social. Now he only wants to be in his bedroom and doesn't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> and And then we start to ask some more questions. And if we need to let them speak to someone that we have the courage again to reach out to a counselor or psychologist, one that, you know, a good counselor I really believe is worth their weight in gold. And mm. that as parents, we guide them through this minefield, the fear and the anxiety in teens and even in adults' lives is wreaking havoc across yeah. the world right now. How do parents distinguish between what's normal or typical teenage behavior? Because now they do, they are <laughs> shifting into yes. this new phase of life. The hormones are raging and they're gaining independence and they are closing themselves, mm. themselves off in, the, themselves off in <laughs> their room. Um, but to what degree, you know, at what point do we step in and say, mm. well, there might be something wrong? Or is it... Not about a degree, it's just an ongoing conversation and questions that you can ask that, that might highlight issues mm. that your, your teens are facing. That's, that's a very good question, Graham. I think it comes with us being present and yeah. being available. It doesn't mean now you need to quit your job and watch your kids 24-7. <laughs> yeah. You know, both of you are working parents, or but when you are around your children that you actually put some of your, your phones and your distractions aside and you actually be present and then to be aware if there's anything different. Like, for example, if your children are suddenly not taking care of their physical appearance they don't want to mm. shower or they're sleeping too much or you're noticing there's a bit of self-harm yeah. just be aware you know I really encourage parents often to go into their children's rooms and pray over their children's bedrooms um, sure. if your children is displaying changes in eating habits and weight gain um, if they're more irritable if there's a lot more conflict in their relationships um, if they don't want to socialize with their friends more than normal. I know teens want to spend time in their rooms. I see it in my home. Yeah. <laughs> my kids love their bedrooms. And I remember wanting the same. And yeah. for us to remember what it was like to be a teen. Mm. So in other words, if I could sum it up, is if your child is displaying symptoms contrary to what they normally are like. So if they're yeah. normally outgoing and, and you know socialize a lot and suddenly they don't want to see friends or sure. if you notice your child is a quite a peaceful child and they're suddenly getting very angry and irritable or you're hearing of fights or things going on that you start to pay attention yeah. i think we also have to be aware of what our children are doing online yeah. uh, one family i know recently battled with cyberbullying with a teenager and just to be aware of what their child was involved in with the gaming and things like that and noticing that changes in their behavior then, then you can say, oh, something's not right. And also as parents, I really think to trust your your gut instinct. Mm. As a mom, so many times I felt something wasn't right and God gives us a spirit of discernment. And so when we tune into that saying, God, you, you're showing me something. I feel like I'm picking something up in the spirit. What is going on? Mm. What do I need to do? Oh, bring things into the light and he will show you what your child is battling with. Mm. Um, yeah. But I think, it, as you said earlier, it comes back to being present mm -hmm. because if we are so caught up in our own busyness and we don't yeah. take the time to, to engage our kids because we're on our own social media or watching yeah. our TV program, 
we could miss those opportunities or we could miss just those signs that maybe mm. something's wrong. Any just practical. So if if a parent is listening and they do think maybe their child out in, in hindsight was they, they consider mm. their behavior that maybe they are acting out a little bit in this sense. Mm. Uh, what do you encourage them to do? You mentioned counseling. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, anything else? Yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, if it was me, what I would probably do is go, hey, sweetie, can I chat to you for a moment? And then yeah. make your son or daughter a cup of tea <laughs> or, you know, Milo or something and just say, hey, I'm noticing a few things a little different. And you mentioned what you're noticing. Say, I love you and I'm for you. Is everything okay? Yeah. If you haven't had that relational connection with your children, they probably will then say no. And then just probe a little deep and say, I want to remind you I'm for you. If you feel like you're battling, Come talk to me. We can work it out together, but I'm for you. So ask your children gentle, probing questions. Obviously, spend time in prayer. Yeah. Um, I would also look at just your life rhythms as a family, saying, yeah. what am I noticing? Is my, does my child need to exercise? And depending on the age of your child, you could say to them, come, let's go for a walk. Let's do something together. Not only will you boost your relationship, but the endorphins help the feel-good feelings in your child's body. So encourage your children to exercise. Yeah. Um, especially during the stressful time, we need some exercise. It doesn't have to mean, you know, your child has to go for a five-kilometer all-out sprint, <laughs> yeah. but just getting something to get the blood flow. Yeah. And then I think to take um, take the warning sign seriously, not to dismiss it, but yeah. to really pay attention, but yeah. also not to look for things where they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Linked to the aspect of anxiety and fear is, is how we parent either from a place of fear mm. or a place of love. And you, you speak and write on that. And again, another time, I think where parents are, are leaning in because they've maybe not considered or recognized that actually some of what they're doing is coming from a place of fear mm. rather than a place of love. Just explain mm. the, those differences. Yeah, I find that fascinating. It's actually something that I'm getting more and more interested in because what I learned after our armed robbery was that we either operate out of a place of fear or love in our lives. Our mm. emotions, our responses, our reactions come from a place of fear and love. And so often we're either too permissive with our children because we don't want to lose their love or we're too authoritarian because we want them to obey us and then they get afraid of losing our love. And so yeah. we then react instead of respond and we punish instead of discipline. It's a really fascinating topic. So I would encourage parents to ask yourself, am I responding or reacting to my children yeah. out of love or fear? Am I afraid of their future? Am I afraid of what's going to happen? And then I become too strict or inconsistent. And when we realize that we are loved by God, he can show us how to love our kids in the way that they need it. I believe it creates an environment where your family can thrive. Yeah. You've mentioned that even psychologists share that your brain can only function out of fear yeah. and love. Yeah, all emotions come from that place of fear places. or love. It's, it's totally, totally fascinating because fear will isolate us, whereas love embraces and reaches out. Yeah, sure. Well, Mandy, we are coming in for a landing um, <laughs> and what I really want to ask is for you to pray as we come to a closing uh, for this broadcast and I'm going to ask if you can stick with us because there are important topics that I know parents are not only interested in but but desperately need some advice and, and some encouragement on in this complex world that we yes. live in uh, but for those parents who've listened in today and might be at home thinking I need to have this conversation about gender with my child or have realized maybe there's a, a, a challenge with anxiety or depression amongst my, ch my children or my teens. 
uh, just pray for those parents mm. that uh, that God give them wisdom and mm. uh, and courage to to tackle these difficult things, but in a way that mm. is God honoring and and out of a place of love and not out of place of fear. Yeah, yeah. Let's pray, Lord. We need you more than ever, and so Father, I bring these families before you. I ask, Lord, that you would say to them just as. You spoke to Joshua about don't be afraid, be brave and courageous, I'm with you. That you're saying to the parents, I'm with you, you don't need to be afraid. That you would give us all wisdom in navigating the different ages and the stages that our children are going through and to have the courage and compassion and empathy to have the conversations with them around gender, around anxiety and depression and the stresses that they're facing, to help listen with an open heart And with your wisdom, God, that you would lead us and direct us. I pray, Father, for the parents that are not sure where to go for resources, that you would lead them to the right people to give them godly input. But most of all, God, you by your spirit can teach us. So would you teach us? Would you lead us? Would you help us raise a generation who are creative, who are courageous, who can change this world for good? They could bring your kingdom to earth as they grow up. And Lord, I pray that you would protect the families, that you would guide the, the parents as they have these difficult conversations with their children. And, and it would lead to a deeper connection. So I bless every single family listening to this broadcast now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mandy Hart, author of Parenting World Changes. Thank you so much for being with us today. And will you stick with us and we'll come back <laughs> next time? Yes, for sure. Thanks, Graham. <laughs> Mandy started her prayer at the end with, Lord, we need you more than ever. I think that really is the starting point, leaning into a desperate dependence on Jesus as we raise our kids, not just to survive all the challenges they face, but to thrive in them, to be contributors to God's kingdom coming, to be world changers in their sphere of influence. And I really want to encourage you to get a copy of Mandy's book, Parenting World Changes. It's a book that tackles the tough topics spoken of today, and each chapter has incredible conversation starters so that you can practically begin to engage with your kids around the challenges they face. You'll find Parenting World Changes on our website at safamily.co.za. And if you're in the Eastern Cape, have a look out for our Parenting World Changes events coming up next week. You won't want to miss those. I hope you enjoyed this locally produced Focus on the Family broadcast. We're airing some of our favorite local programs in the month of October as we celebrate 30 years of ministry in Africa this year. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you to tune in next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.